We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, and we are live once again in the field of 68 best bets podcast and best bets live stream my name is rob doster that lovely lovely gentleman you see over there is uh my co-host i'd like to call him my assistant sometimes he's back to wearing the cow hat i don't know if that's going to be acceptable stanford steve i hope you are not watching this stream right now the one and only jeffrey goodman jeff how are you sir i'm good i'm good i'm i'm i'm, I'm a little tired today i don't know why i feel a little little you know, a little, too little bit action last night. Too much huh? overtime action in Stillwater. Hey, there, there was some like. I mean, the first game was boring as hell. I mean, that Duke Syracuse game was over after five minutes. Um, but you know, to me, again, still significant. Obviously, uh, both ways. I mean, Duke continuing their momentum. Uh, I wonder if one analyst is is finally going to just say like. Listen, I was wrong. I was wrong on this. And, and listen, we all do it. We're all wrong about a lot of things. And Jay Billis is a very, very, very smart guy who's right on most things. But I, I think he was wrong on this Jalen Johnson thing. I, I do think Duke is better without Jalen Johnson. There, there, There's nothing wrong with saying sometimes, even without a talented, talented player, you can be better. Like, there are a lot of teams, Rob, uh, around the country that aren't that talented, but they play so well together. Maybe they rally together. Their chemistry is so good that they make up uh, for not having as much talent as other teams. They play harder. They play together. Um, they're better defensively. They're more locked in. They're more when you don't When you don't have one player on the floor that is not completely bought, like that's the kind of thing that can torpedo a defense. Yes. That's the kind of thing where yes. the ball ends up in someone's hands too long. And it's like, also, it's not, I, I think, and I'm putting words into Jay's mouth here, and um, I haven't actually talked to him about this, but my read on the situation is he does not like the context and the uh, the insinuations that maybe this is involved with Jalen Johnson being a bad kid or um, right. maybe right. Like, I, there are other implications involved with conversations like this. And I think it's also very important to point out that it's not just like a personality thing in the locker room. Uh, Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hurt both kind of needed to play the four for this team. Neither of them can guard threes. Neither of them are shot blockers. They both kind of like slot into the same position. Well, they're different for fours. You can't, they're well, very yeah, different fours. Yeah, but, but you, they, they need to play it. That's like you can't play them at the five. You can't. You can't play. 
they, they prove this with how much they struggle. You couldn't play Matthew Hart at the four and Jalen Johnson at the five because you don't have enough rim protection. You don't have enough rebounding. You don't have enough interior defense. You can't play like Matthew Hurt at the three and Jalen at the four or vice versa because they're just going to get blown by by whoever the three man is on the other team. It's defensible. Right? So Honestly, it's defensible. Both- you can't play them both on the floor, Rob, yes. because they're, they're neither one are good enough defensively. Because, yeah, okay. I, I like how I like how you take the point that I just made and you repurpose it and you take it as your own. Exactly. You just steal my point. I'm trying to simplify it. I'm trying to simplify it and saying honestly, whether they're fours, whether they're fives, whatever they are, neither one are very good defensively. So you can't put them both on the court because Matthew Hurt is limited what he can do defensively, and Jalen Johnson either just didn't want to do it or just didn't understand how to do yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to go too down far. Like we we've spent so much time with yeah. Jalen Johnson. We don't have to go down the rabbit hole. Agreed. Um I no, I will Duke is better without him. Like there's nothing wrong with saying okay, Yeah, I'll, I'll, let's just say this is this is the best way to this is the best way to sum it up. You mentioned teams where the hole is greater than the sum of the parts. Um right now Duke's hole is greater than the sum of the parts. With yeah. Jalen Johnson, the sum of the parts was was better than the product that was on the floor. And the sum of the parts was be- like whatever. You guys know the point I'm making. We don't have to go into it anymore. Um all right. Texas Tech lost again. They are now six and seven in the Big 12. They are yeah. 14 and 18 overall. Yeah. You love, love, love to harp on teams where it's like, oh, look at their resume. What have they done? Yeah. Who have they beaten? What have they accomplished? Yeah. Take me through Texas Tech's resume and explain to me why uh they aren't um they aren't being significantly overvalued right now. You know, listen, I'm not saying their resume is great at this point. I'm not. But but I think also it, when you look at, at the Big 12 and you've got enough opportunities and they've taken advantage of enough, they've played obviously a tough schedule, so that's going to help them in all the metrics, right? I mean, it is. I don't know what they are today in the net, um, but they're 25th, I think, in Ken Palm right now. Yep. So they're 25th. Their losses, Ready? Here are their losses. Houston, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, West Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, Oklahoma State. What do those teams all have in common, Robert? They're all very good. They're all ranked. All yeah. of them are ranked. I and, think all and of here, them are and I, and take it Take it a step further than you did. Take it a step further than yeah. you did because they lost in overtime right. to Oklahoma State, yep. right? Twice. One of those overtime losses was one that maybe – shouldn't have been an overtime loss um, after all. If you remember the really yeah. bad foul call against um, uh, Cade Cunningham. Um, they lost by one at Kansas, and I believe that was a game where, like, Baji had a had a bucket with, like, 15 seconds left or something like that to give Kansas the win, and the Texas Tech missed um, opportunities to win the game. And then they lost by one at uh, at West Virginia, when Miles McBride hit a game winner, and then Mac McClung came down at the other end and missed. So, like, they're they're four possessions away from being a team that is eighteen and four with a sweep of Oklahoma State on their resume, with another win over Kansas, and with a win at West Virginia. And if that's their resume, then all of a sudden we're looking at the team like, okay, that that's a top ten team, and we're probably saying like, uh, you know, why don't we talk about them kind of in that number one seed conversation, number two seed conversation? So they're the the point that you're making. They've swept Oklahoma. They've beaten Texas. So, like, they've got enough on their resume. Again, you look at it and you say, like, no bad losses. In fact, every loss is ridiculously good. And they've got a few good wins. So, listen, I'm not saying they're a great team by any means right now. They're not. But I'm saying they're close 
and you don't want to play them. You do not want to play them in the NCAA tournament. That's what I'll say is if Terrence Shannon gets healthy, okay, and you've got Beard coaching him, and you give him four or five days to prepare for you, and you got Mac McClung, you, you have no idea what Mac McClung is showing up. You don't want to play him. They're dangerous. That's all. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't. I think that their ceiling is somewhat limited because, Agreed. like we talked about the other day, yeah. um, this is not a team. You know, the team that made the national title game had three NBA players on the roster, yeah. including the number six pick. Yeah. This team has Mac McClung. He's not, so, and he's not an NBA player to me. Yeah. He's not. An no. NBA player. Yeah, it's it's very. I don't. A good college player. Yeah, he's a really good college player. Um. Yeah. I mean, so they're they're fine. I'm not. What, what about Oklahoma State? Like, like, have we given Mike Boynton enough credit? No. Of course not. Right? He's awesome. Like, like he's having an he's unbelievable done. season. You have to give him so much credit for what he's been able to do this year in the Just face of all the this team together, Rob. I mean, we all thought when everything happened and the NCAA hit them with the, the one-year postseason ban, I think every all of us thought, like, all right, where's Kay going? All right, where is mm-hmm. Isaac likely going? This this team, this program is gonna fall apart. Somehow this dude kept them all together. And I think it is because, honestly, his relationship with, with kids and players. I, I think that's – Mike Boynton's a hell of a coach. He's he's shown that. But to me, his biggest strength it, it, are his people skills. Are his, yeah, are his I mean, the, the, the thing that I love about him is that you don't you don't get any, like, bullshit from him. When you have a conversation with him, like, there's, there's never something where he says, like, look, can we keep this off the record, right? If he's going to say something to you, he's going to put his name to it. And I've, I've always respected that about him. It's great to see because I remember that year, if you remember a few years ago, the, the two hires of, of – uh, there were two hires with black assistant coaches, and it was Mike Boynton and Y. King Jones. And, mm-hmm. you know, Y. King, it was like Cal tried to hire everybody under the sun, and they just couldn't – get anybody they couldn't get randy bennett they couldn't get a bunch of other people and they they went on the cheap and and white king it, it didn't work out and i think a lot of people knew it wasn't going to work out at least i think i did with mike Boynton, i wasn't sure i'll admit it i wasn't sure i didn't know mike Boynton well enough um very charismatic uh no bs he had obviously worked for some really good coaches but you just didn't know and um again now you just look at what he's done and and you hope again you don't even hope. You know, like NCAA, like you cannot do anything in the next few weeks. And there's won't. 19 days between now and Selection Sunday. They won't. If you're gonna if you're gonna drop the hammer on them now yeah. and say like, okay, we've finished right. this appeal, it's just gonna be such a PR disaster. Like, right. why at this point, like there, there are people in those rooms that are making those decisions. And if someone makes the decision that we're gonna like rip this away from these kids at this point, after everything that right. they've been through this year. No, you why, can't. why would you set yourself up for that? You're just the biggest PR nightmare. nightmare. Honestly, and they've had a lot of nobody knows like how any of this stuff happens. So if they just say, Yeah, you know, we got delayed, we had too much stuff come up, we couldn't have the meeting until April and make the decision, right. and then give them the postseason ban for next year. Like who's gonna know? Who's gonna say anything otherwise? No one's no one has Everything any idea. Else is being put that. off. So yeah, just 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 wait. You know, you can do it on uh, April 7th. That's yep. right. Um, the, the last thing I just want to reiterate the point that, um, part of the reason Oklahoma state went with Mike Boynton in the situation that they did was because it's very easy to, for them to say, okay, we got this guy on the cheap. 
We'll give them a couple years. And if it doesn't work out, then we can say we hire somebody black and then maybe we can go out and get a, get a different hire and hire whoever we want. And, and we won't feel hemmed in by the fact that we just had Travis Ford to Brad Underwood to another white coach. Right. So hey, I don't think we, we had this conversation the other day and I don't want to go like belabor the point again, but having a young black assistant step up and in this situation go out and have the level of success that he's having is the kind of thing that's going to open the doors for other people that look like Mike Boynton that have come from where Mike Boynton comes from that are in the same situation as he is. So uh, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm happy in that respect that he's kind of uh, proven that this is a risk that is a gamble that's worth taking. And like, look, bottom line, when you hire an assistant at a head major job in the big 12 with no head coaching experience, that's a gamble. You're taking a risk no matter what. Doesn't matter the color of his skin. Like that's 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 a roll of the dice, and I'm just I'm happy that it's working out for him. And I, you know, I like Mike, so it's he's he's a very easy guy. Everybody to likes Mike Boyd. Yeah. Everybody likes Mike Boyd. And, and 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 the crazy part of that is usually it's everybody likes, you know, Josh Pastner. Everybody likes Brad Stevens. Everybody likes these guys that are kind of I don't want to say vanilla, but like they're non-controversial. Mike Boynton is is not non <laughs> like he'll say whatever's on Hold his mind. That. He and will. Everybody still likes Mike Boynton. Yep. Um, I just want to address something. The uh our Marlo Stanfield, um, Gil Boldberg, the uh yeah. the guy, the guy with a thousand names, he said maybe Cade stayed because they were paying his brother six figures to coach there. Legally. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's part of the reason why um why that commitment was made when he got there. But the reason he stayed is because of the relationship that he has with, with Mike Boynton. Yeah, uh, I mean this wait, 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 wait. Can I add on to that? There were multiple, multiple other high major schools that made it clear uh, to Cade and his brother that they would take them both in a package deal when it came down that the NCAA uh, hit Oklahoma State with a one-year postseason ban. So, and, um, and tell them how much he got offered by the G League Ignite team. Yeah, a shit ton of money. A shit ton as, of much, money. as much as Jalen Green got, and Jalen Green's getting like 500K. So He, he could have – listen – Cannon Cunningham's making good money at Oklahoma State. He could have made good money. Probably uh, there, there were a couple openings at Texas Tech and Texas at the same time. And my guess is Chris Beard and Chaka Smart would have found a way to pay Cannon Cunningham <laughs> the same money. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what. If Kate Cunningham was on Texas Tech right now, oh. like he he is the mold of the player that they are looking for, right? He is basically a better version of Jarrett Culver. He is – uh, I mean, he's taller than Keenan Evans, but they're both kind of he's the same correct. guy where it's like you yeah. put him in ball screens at the end of the clock and you let him rock and, and he goes out and makes a play. So, um, all right, let's uh, – do you have anything to say about USC Oregon? Like, Yeah. I, yeah, was told, yeah. I was told I need to I need to call you out for the fact that you said, give me Dana Altman and the points. I don't care who they're playing. Yep. So I was told oh, you, have, you have some people on Twitter that are saying that that was a little bit of a, a good man, bad info kind of a situation right there. It was a, it was a <laughs> terrible pick. It was a terrible pick. I mean, listen, it looked like, honestly, it looked like Oregon was point shaving early. Oh, they were, so, they were, they were completely out of source. It was unbelievable. Like, uh, like, so USC had like jumped into like this, this little kind of matchup two, three zone yeah. kind of a deal. And like, it just, it completely took Oregon out of everything they wanted to do. You know what it looked like? It looked like a team on the West Coast playing a six o'clock tip on a Monday when they've never played a six o'clock tip and they've never played on a Monday. That's yeah, it, it was it was awful. I mean, it was awful. And yeah, Tajid, he's he was great. Drew Peterson was really good. Mobley was Mobley, like he wasn't even great. And they still beat the the living hell out of an Oregon team that 
you know, has some talent, but you just look at them. And one of the things that, that to me, again, is just kind of glaring is their lack of, of, of real rim protection. Like they don't, they don't have it. And if Duarte is not making shots, I, I don't know. They, again, they just looked like garbage last night. And now, yeah, I've, I mean, I've it was, but it was, here's, here's the thing. In the second half, they played they played pretty well. And granted, they were down by a lot, but I do think that Oregon is at their best when they get yeah. uh when they're running up and down the floor and they're having to trap a little bit and they're having to press a little bit because but they like, missed every open shot. Like they missed everything early. I mean, it was it was yeah, it was it was just I I honestly think it was just one of those nights for Oregon. I'm still in on them. Um, I still think that they're a tournament team that win over uh, Colorado is going to look very good for them. Uh, but this was just – this was one of those nights. All right, let's talk about tonight's slate. Uh, every line, every um, every total, every every betting line that we uh, we talk about on this is courtesy of our friends over at Bet Rivers, who are our partners um, on this show. Jeffrey, not a bad slate tonight. No, I like it. Oh. Actually, I think it's very underrated, Robert. Very, very underrated. And, and I do think we need to start by talking about the, the biggest storyline of the night. Do you know what that is? The biggest storyline of the night, yeah. I mean, it's easy. It's easy, and it might be my favorite play. What is Baylor? The return, the return of Baylor Bears. Baylor Bears. The fighting Scott story coming out on the Bears today. Um, The story is how Baylor was built, and I talked to every single player on the Baylor team, um, and and just kind of got their story and how they ended up at Baylor and their recruitment, and. the way it's put together, I mean, there's a lot of luck involved in this team, let's be honest. Um, but they've been out for a while, and they're coming back tonight against an Iowa State team that you've fallen in love with a little bit. Yeah, I actually I actually like Iowa State tonight, plus 23. Like, I, I, know, I know that they are um, – they're 2-16 they're and 16 on the season. Like, the bottom has completely fallen out for Steve Prohm. And I honestly – I feel kind of bad – for, for him and for this team, like they never were able to really get it going with all the COVID stuff. And right. um, they just haven't had the talent to make it up, but uh, even playing um, on the road, I, I, I think 23 points to me is too many for a team coming out of a, a three week break, especially because you know how like, many practices Baylor's had two. Yeah. 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 I talked to Scott Drew yesterday before they went into practice and uh, he was like, thank God we didn't have to play Sunday. Yeah, you get two practices instead of, you know. And, again, listen, Baylor's terrific. I just feel like, um, again, there's going to be some, some, you know, fatigue setting in. Rust, it's it's legs. Like, the the whole thing, the way that Baylor's built is around, like, defense that takes a lot of legs and then shooting jumpers and making threes. And and that can wear on you a little bit. So 23 points in a game that I don't think is going to be super up-tempo. Um, against the team, like I look, the way Baylor plays defense is they switch everything and they force you to beat them in isolation. And Iowa State does not do a lot of things well. The one thing they do well is have guys that can go out and and win in isolation. So I I just well, I don't know. I all think they the got to do is keep the game. I mean, honestly, lose by twenty two points and you're good and you cover exactly like twenty two I mean, points. I mean, That's come on, you can't do that against a team that that again hasn't played in three weeks, like. I don't know. You know Can't what? So here's an here's another line that made no sense. There are, there are three lines that made absolutely no sense to me when I saw them. Um, the second one is St. John's getting eleven and a half yeah. at Villanova. It's a lot of points. 
It's a lot of points. Shit ton of points. I'm taking the Johnnies. I'm rocking with my Johnnies. I got my hat over there. I might put it on right now. Yeah, so I like the Johnnies here too. It feels like a little bit of a fish play because they did beat them the last time that they played. Um, and the thing about like Villanova, we were I was all over Villanova when they were at St. John's. I think that line was seven, maybe at yeah. St. John's. So it's now eleven and a half at home, which means that that um that, that number went up quite a bit. But uh, the thing about Villanova is like they're the way that they play um should be able to to negate all of the stuff that St. John's wants to be able to do. Like Villanova leads the nation in in turnover percentage offensively. Like they they are the the least turnover prone team in college basketball. Yep. Um and St. John's defense, like look, they they pressure you, they try to force turnovers, they want to get it out and run to the half court. Um so while that does kind of point to Villanova having some, some success, when Villanova plays the way that they want to play, everything is possession by possession. They want to take 25 seconds off the shot clock. I, like, I feel like they kind of got this reputation for being an up-and-down team because they scored a whole bunch of points in 2018. No, they're, they're, they play at a very slow tempo. They're, they're very methodical. They want to dribble the ball up. They want Colin Gillespie starting to get into some of their actions and some of their, um, their concepts with like 18 seconds left on the clock. And you just wonder, you just want again, St. John's is a a um right now they're they're a team that that has to get a win like this to put themselves back even in the bubble conversation after losing to Paul. Uh but you feel like hey, they've got to have some confidence after already beating Villanova recently. Um and, and they do match up fairly well, but on the flip side, you look at it and you say, All right, and this is what I've always said about Mike Anderson and, and his um his system is the first time around, it's a little bit of a shock when you have to play against that both offensively and defensively, uh, Mike Anderson's system. But once you play him once, you're kind of used to it. You know what's coming. You've seen it. You've witnessed it. Like, you can feel it. Like, I think I think then it's different the second time around a lot of times. So, um, I, I think St. John's will play with them. I don't think they're beating them. But I think they could stay within, and they will stay within. So just to, to to wrap it all up, the reason why I really like this number is one, I like uh, St. John's played really well against Villanova last time. They have to get this win, and two, if Villanova plays the way that they want to play, it's going to be a slower pace. It's right. going to be lower scoring. It's going to be fewer possessions. Oh, control tempo. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of points for a a uh, a, a slower. Well, St. John's got off to a good start against Villanova last time they played, didn't they? So so Villanova had to play catch up. Right, they tried. Yeah, yeah. Yep. so to me, if Villanova gets off to a good start, they'll control the tempo. I, I think they'll keep it lower scoring. Yeah, um, we just had a we had a comment that said Villanova's defense ranks below Iowa's. You never hear that yeah. brought up. I talk about it all the time. Yeah, it's you know, not like, great. It's not. Like, it's not I've, good. I've been saying since the the first game of the season, like the biggest weakness that Villanova has is their inability to oh. put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. But also part of the reason why it's never brought up, Hophead, which by the way, hopefully means you're you're a big beer guy. I hope you're a big beer guy. I'm a big hophead too. Um, but part of the reason it's, it, it isn't brought up is because people don't view Villanova in the same lens as they view Iowa right now. Like Iowa has the probably national player of the year front runner. Um, they are the best offense in college basketball. And they are a team that pretty much everyone considers like top five with like one of the best teams in the big 10 and with a real chance to get to a final four. Uh, people don't really talk about Villanova in that same context at this point in the season. So I don't know why, but 
You're right. We did it. We did earlier. Well, it's because they have these issues offensive, uh, these issues defensively, and they just don't have the same level of wins or the same level of like interesting games that they've played. And I think that's really what it comes down to is why no one brings it up because like uh, obviously they're they're probably turning to what like a three seed, maybe a yeah. four seed if they take yeah. a bad loss. Probably people are really talking about like, oh, this is why a three or four seed can't win when like they're a three or four seed, whereas. Iowa could probably climb up to that two line if they have a really good week next week when they play uh, Michigan and Ohio State. Like they could climb up to that one seed line maybe, and that's when you start being like, "Well, this is why a one seed can't fail because we know why they're awesome." Does that make sense? It's just a little con, a little different context in how we discuss teams like that. All right, another line that I thought was completely baffling and makes no sense to me. Go ahead, and you're you're going to be like, "Wow, you are on this team. Haven't you been hating on this team all season long?" Kansas getting three at Texas. Right. No, I'm the same thing. I, I circled that one. I got Kansas um, getting three against a Texas team that has been uh, bad lately and just came off a disastrous loss to West Virginia, I think you could say, um, with infighting amongst their, their team. So I don't trust – it'll be interesting to see if Shaka can get the – you know, get the uh, – get this squared away get it back in the right direction because it could go bad. It could like, if this is an ugly one and remember what happened when these two teams played in Lawrence, remember what happened, Robert, Texas won by 675 points. Yeah, I think it might've been 680. It might've been 680, but, but like, think about this, like is Kansas going to exact revenge? They probably have been had this one circled for whatever it's been six weeks. Uh, it feels like six weeks since they played. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I like, I like Kansas in the points. I like Kansas. It's actually, it's been seven weeks since they played. Wow. The season, the season has flown by, dude. Oh, yeah. The season has flown by. In five, it's March wow. in five days. It's March in five days. Five days. What's that? Yeah, March in five days. Five days. Yeah. Look at, you like that Dawson math? One, two, three, four, five. Five days. It's March in five days. Um, the, the only thing that I will say about this is that if Texas does – get it back together and start playing well again. Like they, they, they have the the makeup yeah. of a team that can totally. really like yes. really suffocate what, what Kansas wants to do. Jericho Sims is a really, really good post defender. And then what Texas does defensively is they just take you out of your actions and make you beat them one-on-one. Right. And part of the reason that Kansas struggled against them so much the first time that they played is that they don't have anybody that can win one-on-one. Like that's the whole, yeah. the whole issue with, with, with the Kansas rosters. Like they have to get, they have to get points out of their sets, right? Like they have to run offense to get action. They can't. They don't have anyone that can just go make a play. And uh, the the what the strength in the Texas defense is that they they don't let you um, run your sets to get offense. Now that was the case in early January. Since then, Texas has now lost. Let me do the math real quick. Four out of six, five out of their last eight games are now seven to five yeah. uh, in the Big Twelve. They lose this. They are going to end up being 13 and, and 7 on the season. They could end up being a 500 team in the Big 12 if they lose Easily. that. Season. If they lose these two games, right? They got two games left. They lose them both. Who do they have? The final game is uh, at Texas Tech. Right. I mean, he's, hey, listen, there's probably a better chance they finish 500 than anything else in, in, in league play right now that they lose both these. 
Yep. Um, all right. Two more things. We got a comment from uh, Armin. Armin, I'm, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing your name correctly. At Bet Rivers, I have that line at uh, at Michigan State plus six. Right. It's six um, or six and a half. It's not. Yeah. yeah it's not eleven. And I don't half. know. I don't know where you're seeing eleven and a half. But if you can get sporty at at, at eleven and a half, um, and you're not yeah. like, being like, let me know where you're getting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I, I would. I would be all over that, but that's not that's not what we have at Bet Rivers. At Bet Rivers, we got it at plus six. Um, what do you think? I, I, at plus six, I think I probably like um, Illinois like at, at that at that number. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me either way at, at plus six. Now the one I, I kind of I mean, here's the thing: like you know, you know what we look for when it comes to Illinois matchups. Yeah, who's going to be able to pull Kofi away from the basket? And who on Michigan State's going to be able to pull their whole the whole problem with this team is they don't have a good point guard or they don't have a good five. Right. And right. Illinois has the best point guard in the country and maybe the biggest five in in all of college. And Kofi might be able to snap poor Bingham in half. Yeah, like oh man, he's going to bury him. Have they played? I don't think they've played it this year, have they? No, this yeah. is the first time. I wish this was a year, a normal year, Rob, because I'd say you know what, we take a trip to Champaign, Illinois. And we'd put you in the post against Kofi and let him throw you around like a rag doll. Like that would be worth it. I, I would pay for that trip. I would pay for everything associated with that but, trip. Like, see, I'm you're, I'm I'm the guard. I would be the one that has to guard Io. You you'd have to guard Kofi if you played. <laughs> that ain't happening. That ain't yeah. happening. No, you know what I do? I just I just sit on Io's right hand and make him go left all day. Yeah, that, well, that's that's good. You know what? Well, listen, you know what? He'd still find a way to get past you. <laughs> it's it's not going to be hard. Um. All right. I got a few more. Uh, you got a I few have a few more. more lines that I like. Now, again, they, <laughs> Missouri, only given four against Ole Miss at home. I don't know. I mean, listen, I get they, they went through a tough stretch there, but two of those games were without Jeremiah Tillman. So I, I like Mizzou there. What are you looking at? What are you smiling uh, at? Uh, Nick just sent, sent a funny email. He called he, he he called me a fucko. And I was like, I've never heard that before. It's kind of true. That's, kind that's of a true. good one, Nick. That's a good uh, one. All right, keep going. Uh, Missouri, Sorry. Missouri had lost three in a row, two without Tillman. They got Tillman back. Um, they beat South Carolina at South in, in Columbia pretty handily. Now they get Ole Miss at home. Ole Miss yeah, coming off a loss. Right bad loss to Mississippi State. What's the line there? I'm trying to find it. Four. I, I it. four. Oh, yeah, four. And Missouri's at home. Yeah, I like that. I like right? that. Yep. Yeah, I was surprised. I, that that's a line that surprised me. The other line that surprised me, Louisville at home against Notre Dame, three and a half. Those are the two that were like at home. I just and Louisville, like, listen. Um, I, I'm I'm, I'm staying as far away from Louisville as I can right now. It kind of feels like the bottom is getting ready to fall out of that thing with, you know, the the Chris video, video and like. Some of the criticism that he's gotten for going maskless in that video with all of the COVID issues that Louisville has had. They just lost by 8,000 at North Carolina. Yeah, um, there, there's no way that those kids are having fun right now with all the stuff that they've gone through. Like, There's no way that they're having fun on that team. So I I just – I don't know. In, in, your theory, in theory, I like it, but I, I don't feel I – don't, I, don't, I don't love it. You know, like if, if if there was nothing else going on and it was just the basketball game, then yes, yeah. I would be with you. But I, I I'm going to stay away from that one. All right, all right. Um, what I'm else? Loading picks, I'm loading my picks into bet spurts right now. I like, like hey, I like St. Louis at VCU. VCU without Bones, without Bones Island, he's hurt. 
St. Louis has to win this game. I mean, has to. Like, like even if they win this game, they're not at large. But like, they have the talent. We've we've said it all year. They've had multiple issues with with pauses. Um, they get VCU. You know, I assume there aren't fans. I don't know. Are there fans at the Seagull Center? No. All right. So if there are no fans, that takes That's away that huge home court advantage. I don't know. I just think St. Louis is talented as hell. They uh, are. They are. You know, they should win this one. They're 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 given three and a half without VCU having their best player. Uh, I'm told Ohio is going to be without a couple key players, so I'm going Akron there. Yeah, Akron. Do you like do you like the under there? We we've gotten a couple questions in the chat about um, Akron Ohio under. And I don't if- know about the under. I just like I like Akron there because again Ohio I think coming off a pause without a couple starters. Uh, I like Pacific uh, at uh, San Diego, given three and a half, and I like uh, Bowling Green uh, at Central. I'm doing a lot of road teams today, a lot of road teams. Bowling Green, seven and a half over uh, uh, Eastern Michigan. I think Rob Murphy is on his way out there at Eastern Michigan. And um, so those are kind of three mids I like. And I, How, you about know, these guys? How about these guys? I'm right taking here? UConn. So – I'm taking UConn even though I don't like I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't feel good about it. I just look at the line and I'm like, how can UConn not win this game against Georgetown? I, I get I mean, Georgetown, Georgetown, Georgetown won four of their last six. They're playing. I know they've been good. Home. They've been good. Um, they're at home. And Book Knight, if he's up. not healthy, listen, if Book Knight if his elbow and is still bothering him. They're not winning that game, so I don't know his, how his elbow. It's the issue right now with Book Knight is not his elbow; it's yeah. it's his legs and his endurance. Like if you, you know, he was you, grabbing his arm. No, he was grabbing his arm during. Yeah, the game. but because he fell and he was shaking it, but that's not why he was missing missing shots. Like the first when they played against Providence, he had to come out because he was getting cramps. When you, if you go back and you watch like the second half against Villanova, he just has no burst. He can't get by anyone. He gets in the lane and he's shooting shots with his arms. He's making bad decisions, dribbling. Like he just looks like he's gassed. Yeah. And because he comes out on fire, like right. against Providence and against Villanova, he came out on fire. And then it's just like it's it's gone. So like honestly, I don't know why Hurley's playing in thirty six minutes. I I understand that you need Book Knight out there, but like the dude, the dude's got no legs right now. You got to You got bad because this UConn team, if they had ever had like a healthy a cook a cook and a healthy Book Knight, man. Just be a totally different deal, and a cook, you know, doesn't even really play. Yeah, I mean, Joe just said part of being a good player is staying staying healthy, and like I, I get what? that. Um, but hurt. But yeah, like, but it's not like it's, this isn't one where it's like a recurring injury. Like right. he he went for a loose ball, and the dude dove on his arm and hyperextended his elbow, and he needed surgery to fix it. Like what? There's yeah. how? Like what? what is, that's just like shit. Oh, that's luck. a dumb right? comment. Joe, that's a dumb comment. No, no, I'm no, his point. His no. point makes sense. Like you can't be, you can't be. You can't control it sometimes. Control. You can't control yeah. it. Yeah, and there's, there's some, there's, there's, there's times where, um, maybe the way that I'm looking at it is like when it comes to like awards and stuff like that. You can't award a guy that only played half the season because part of being like effective is being on the floor, and you know, part of valuing a player like. You're going to value someone like Nikola Jokic who doesn't get hurt over someone like a Joel Embiid because, you know, if you're only getting Joel Embiid for 50% of the time, why do you want him? So, like, I, I get that. But it's also like this isn't – with Book, it's not it's not like a, a recurring thing where he just can't get healthy. It's someone fell on his elbow and hyperextended it in the middle of a season, and now he's trying to work his way back after surgery. So it's it's – I get what your point is, Joe, but, like, not – I think this is the wrong situation um, for – anyway, uh, you got anything else? 
That's it. Oh, we got a ding at the end. Got a it's ding under the wire. Look at that under, under the, wire. the wire. I like I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Pat Bradley for that one. That's who it was. That's Unbelievable, Pat Bradley. Unbelievable. All right. Um, that's all we got today. I'm pretty sure Joe is a, a Villanova fan, so he's he's in my doghouse right now after what happened on Saturday. Um, you can you can come back next week, Joe. <laughs> all right, Bet Rivers. Don't forget, uh, check out Bet Rivers. Use that promo code. Uh, there it is, uh, two fifty match on the screen right there. Two fifty match, two hundred fifty dollars yeah, match. And check out our picks on on Bet Sports. Obviously, we yep. you know by now, uh, all mine are already in for the day. There you go, all thirty seven of them. Twelve, I think twelve today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.